this is September 9th and I'm continuing on this uh, topic that I had the other day and I just want to read it straight from the Bible I was able to look it up um, and the Lord just brought it to my remembrance um, and I wanted to kind of elaborate on what I was saying the other day so it's found in Luke chapter 20 starting at verse 9 then began he to speak to the people this parable a certain man planted a vineyard and let it forth to his husbandmen and went into a far country for a long time verse 10 and at that season he sent a servant to the husbandmen that then should give him of the fruit of the vine vineyard but the husbandmen beat him and sent him away empty verse 11 and again he sent another servant and they beat him also and entreated him shamefully and sent him away empty verse 12 and again he sent a third and they wounded him also and cast him out then verse 13 then said the lord of the vineyard what shall i do i will send my beloved son it may be well it may be they will never reverence him when they see him but when the husbandmen saw him they reasoned among themselves saying this is the heir come let us kill him that the inheritance may be ours verse 15 so they cast him out of the vineyard and killed him what therefore shall the lord of the vineyard do unto them he shall come and destroy these husbandmen and shall give the vineyard to others and when they heard it they said god forbid verse 17 and he beheld them and said what is this then that it is written the stone which which the builders rejected the same has become the head of this corner whosoever shall fall into upon that stone shall be broken but on whosoever it shall fall it will grind him to powder in verse 19 and the chief priests and the scribes the same hour sought to lay hands on him and they feared the people for they perceived that he had spoken this parable against them and they watched him and sent forth spies which should find themselves just men that they might take hold hold of his words that so they might believe, deliver him unto the power and authority of the governor and they in verse 21 and they asked him saying master we know that thou sayest that thou teachest rightly neither acceptest thou the person of any but teachest the the way of god truly is it lawful for us to give tribute unto caesar or not but he perceived their craftiness and said unto them why tempt ye me show me a penny whose image and subscription hath it they answered and said caesar's in verse 25 and he said unto them render therefore unto caesar the things which be caesar's and unto god the things which be god verse 26 6 and they could not take hold of his words before the people and they marveled at this answer and held their peace and that is pretty much the um the the ending of that little incident or that big incident that was publicly uh, talked about in front of you know all these different kind of crowds of people um and i'm just going to elaborate on that now that i've read the passage um i'm gonna do part two to elaborate on it so when i'm um discussing in this um post is luke chapter 20 starting at verse 9 where jesus does the parable of the vineyard the master in the vineyard and some translations say the uh, the owner some translations say the master uh, and some 
translation just say the the man you know he you know it doesn't really say um a title regarding the owner of the vineyard but the, uh, no matter how they you know the translation say that's why i like the king james version because it uses the word the master and to me that breaks down even more the significance of who we were really talking about who jesus was really referring to um in this parable so uh just in case um the other you know this is the first time someone's listening to this i was talking about on thursday um how jesus was t was plain plainly describing his purpose and who he was on earth in um direct correlation with the father his relationship with the father god himself now they're going to basically be removed from that position and the lord is going to let other people um be in the vineyard and be able to you know have have the fruits and the blessings and all those things and so they they understood quite quite quickly that this was uh, a direct assault on who they were and and um and so they weren't they weren't ignorant to that fact they weren't confused about that fact and so it's kind of funny because a lot of the parables that Jesus spoke, most people that were not his disciples, even his disciples sometimes were confused about the meaning of it until later on when Jesus had to break it down for them. But in this particular parable, Jesus wasn't really hiding the the absolute plain truth of who he was. And he wasn't hiding also that he knew that these people were plotting to kill him. And it's, and it's so funny, well not funny, it's like really, funny is definitely not the word I was trying to say, but it's so kind of remarkable that, the word I was looking for was remarkable, that these people were angry that they were being exposed. They weren't ashamed that they, that they were trying to kill the heir to the throne. They weren't uh, humiliated by it to the point where they wanted to change change their their course of action and say hey you know what we're kind of we're kind of doing something messed up here the the master has been good to us and we're being evil back no that never dawned on them to think that way but they did get very angry that what they thought was being done in the in the dark was actually public to the to jesus because the, the, the very thing that he said right there that's what they really wanted to do but they but they said that they were concerned about the people because they knew the people were starting to kind of be wavering with their opinion of jesus um so now what they were trying to do is still trying to save face in front of the crowds and still trying to trap jesus in, a, in, in conversations and questions but that's not really what they wanted to do what they really wanted to do was uh you know bodily harm to him just like the parable said the, the exact thing that, the, that Jesus had just laid out in that parable, that's exactly what their hearts were, were thinking. And then they couldn't really do it right then, but they were already, that, that from that point on, or really even a little bit before that point, they were already saying, okay, what can we do about this? This Jesus, he's a real problem. You know, he's not going along with our philosophies. He's not, he, he, he's, he's a way, wavering the people, empowering the people. He's not making them come to us for you know 
their sins or for their retribution or you know to be all right with the holy lord so we've got we've got to stop this because this is not going to be good for us if the people start realizing that they don't need us to be in, in communication with god because that's that was their whole game just like a lot of the the false shepherds and the false pastors now if people really start finding god for real they're going to abandon these mega churches they're going to abandon these 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 false forms of worship and these false religions they're going to abandon all that stuff because they're not going to have any need for it anymore so the pharisees and the sadducees at this point they both even the even though the sadducees weren't really considering themselves a religious creed all that much they didn't really live by a high moral standard as much as they did supposedly uphold the law um and they were more into political things compared to you know social and moral issues but even them they were starting to get a little threatened by this too because they had a hold over the people too and an influence over the people to kind of do their bidding and, and keep their life comfortable too so they didn't really want to disrupt their life their livelihood what they consider to be probably their livelihood excuse me through the um the liberty that jesus was offering people so so it's just very interesting it's very interesting that when i read in the bible these people uh both of these groups of people they really weren't they weren't convicted in their heart to change even though they were exposed even though the lord was you know not at all in um being deceived by what they were doing or anything like that he he basically put it out there plainly that he knew what they were up to and <clears throat> and it's and it's just so sad because like i said jesus chose to come to earth and he loves his creation and he knows that all this stuff is belongs to his father our father jehovah um jehovah jireh jehovah nisi everything belongs to him and so for human beings when the lord requires anything of us even though he requires our own lives from us who how dare we say oh we we, we don't we, we can't give that back to you lord i mean this is ours now you know like we we, we can't we can't surrender that to you yeah i'll give you a little crumbs but i can't give you the fruit i can't give you the good fruit i can't give you the, the first fruits and i'm not even talking about money right now because everybody knows that knows me knows how i feel about ties and and, and that so-called game that the churches are running on people but i'm talking about first fruits being your first the first of your day the first of who you are your yeah basically everything that belongs that we think belongs to us we're really just stewards like the lord called these people you know we're just stewards of his earth we're just stewards of these children that he's given us when we have children we're just stewards of these bodies and he's going to be expecting us to give an account of how we do everything how we treated everything that was given unto us and so he said he just came he was sending these servants which to me they represent which i think that is what they represent they represent the prophets before jesus came the lord sent all these different types of personalities but they all were you know divinely inspired the lord sent all these and he even sent a deliverer like moses he sent jonah even though he didn't want to go he was he was a form of uh, the last chance the last 
the last opportunity to get it right for Nineveh. And Nineveh actually heeded that warning and, and, uh, and was able to, to um, you know, get back in right standing with the Lord. But I'm just saying in all these different stories, you continue seeing a merciful God. You continue seeing that the Lord was wanting these people to give an account of basically his world and how they were doing his world, how they were treating each other as, as uh, fellow human beings. And so um, a lot of people want to go to Solomon and Gomorrah real quick about being destroyed and all that because for the homosexuality. But another thing that was going on in Solomon and Gomorrah that was really a detestable thing to God was idolatry. They were just doing the most with idolatry in that town. And, and to the point where it was just it was just so reprobate. And so the Lord just, he, he was really judging them also for their idolatry. Their idolatry, which is very, very um, rampant today in almost every culture on the, on this planet. They all have some form of idolatry. And, a, and I was finding out even in Hong Kong, I don't want to go off into this too much, but in Hong Kong, they have shrines just like in the old times. They have shrines and everything for these false gods, for these, these so-called spirit entities which is nothing but demons so they they're doing the same basically the same practices from the old testament as far as the, the shrines and everything that they that they make to these entities and they know that it's not god that they're praising they they're praising uh different different things that they're calling a form of a god and we're gonna get on india and all these other places that you know worship animals and you know call animals sacred and you know, they're, they're just totally, totally off into the, the thing that the enemy can get them judged for. So the Lord, he gave, he gave, he said all these, you know, all these representatives and he realized, or he probably knew because he knows all things that, you know, human beings, for whatever reason, they didn't really respect another human being trying to tell them how to live or what the standards of God were and they kind of eventually started believing Moses when you know because of all the supernatural things they witnessed in Egypt and that the Lord was with them so they finally started kind of believing in him a little bit but a lot of the other people you know they were they were persecuted and mistreated just like in this parable they were ran out of town um and they, and they went through their own forms of suffering on behalf of, of the cause of, of, of the of the ministry or of the cause of God uh, because people just didn't understand. And th in some cases, they did understand, but they just didn't want to change. They loved their idolatry. They loved their fornication and their drunkenness and their lifestyles. They loved that more than they wanted to be in right standing with the most holy God. And that's why they kept getting judged. That's why they kept getting in trouble with God. So then the Lord, like he said in this parable, he said, okay, they're not understanding they're not getting it so i'm gonna send my own son i'm gonna wrap him in flesh and i'm gonna send him down there to get it you know to give them this one last chance because now i know he's perfect now these are the prophets and these other people were not perfect representatives of me because they they had their own frailties they had their own issues and so god was like but when jesus comes there will be no fault no gal in his mouth. There will be nothing humanly wrong or, um, not, I won't say humanly wrong. There won't be anything that they can discredit him about because he's going to be pure and 100% God, 
100% holy and everything that that only he can be because he because he's straight from me you know he's straight from the from the heavenlies and so the lord basically sent jesus now to be the example and to be everything that the world really needed to understand just a, a fraction of god a fraction of, of of the way he really really loves and the way he really really relates to his own creation and how he, he's so gentle with us and he's so forgiving and so he he's not really looking to gain anything from being near us or with us because we don't have anything to offer but he just loves us that much that he still wants us anyway because that's why he created us in the first place because he he put a little bit of himself in the capacity to make choices and to create into us and that's probably the part that he really was always expecting to love him back because he knew that with the love and care he took to create us in the first place and then here we are corrupting ourselves because we are we are so far night and so incredibly just we don't know what's wrong with us but we've got a lot of stuff wrong with us before we get regenerated and, and, and filled with the holy spirit and so the lord was like oh man the you know what for whatever reason he was willing and 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 knowing that some of us would finally get it once we seen Jesus, once we were able to connect with that gospel heritage, that gospel story, and just the glory that surrounded Jesus and, and everything that he did and was and is, and the eternity that the Lord had already predestined to, to be, you know, to be. That's the easiest way to 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 end that. So the Lord predestined a lot all these things, but unfortunately, when Jesus was sent here, and his and the in the reception he got, the the um the you know the, the things that he deserved he didn't receive, and the things he didn't deserve that's what he got. You know he just didn't get treated the way he was supposed to be treated and even though he knew it ahead of time because he's God and he knew what was going to happen I'm I'm so grateful that he still came you know I'm just grateful Jesus that you still came and I'm grateful in in all of you and I'm just also thinking wow I had to take a minute and just think about like how do I how do I put into words what I'm trying to say it's like the world is not a game and our lives are not really worth much but our souls are you know what I'm saying? Like, this world, this earth, right? The Lord said it's just his footstool. And he says that he He left to prepare a place for us. He went to go prepare a place for us. If it was not so, he would not have told us this. 
and he said in his in his father's house are many mansions but see the mansions i'm looking at now is not even a dwelling place you know when i think of a mansion i'm thinking like when i was a kid you know i thought of mansions and houses and those type of things excited me but now that i've been born reborn in the spirit i think he was talking just about like his life and his his power and his magnitude that he has to offer compared to this earth it's just so it's just so on the level far out of capacity that you know whatever we have here that's that's passing away we don't need to hold on to because he's saying whatever you think you have on earth there's something superior and superior ain't even the word it's it's just it'll blow your mind in heaven so he's saying don't don't worry about this stuff don't worry about and he did come right out and tell us that in other parts of the bible he said you know don't store up your treasures here where somebody can break in and steal it and where you know moth and all this stuff will decay whatever you're trying to store up here because he said you know there's something better there's something so much better for us that he has waiting on us and so for me it's not about the material things that he has waiting on me it's just the fact that where he's where he's gonna take me is already something that i know my mind right now can't even fathom because i'm just still in this in this realm and this realm doesn't have a whole lot to compare to the things that are in the next realm that he has prepared for us to get to if we're worthy of it and so it's just kind of like all the time that we waste here on the wrong stuff and all the all the things that he has died he's dying to show us and dying to, to tell us and give us and literally that he came down here and did a ministry did a lifestyle he he really did so much in so little time to just show us it's is it's, it's the the game the game has already been set the the victory is already ours you know and that's why i feel like it's not a game like this life is not a game but sometimes it does feel like okay i got you i understand so if the enemy can play his games now and try to play with our minds and get us all confused not confused but he is the author of confusion but if he can get us stuck on some some stupid stuff and and make us miss the real love the real gifts the real life that jesus died to give us then to a certain degree you know it's 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 really kind of like we're we're um We're, we're obviously not born again yet. And I say yet because I, I know there's some people that are going to be in that last harvest that the Lord is going to bring about. He, he he's It's almost there. It's almost time is winding down. And, um, and we're almost on our way up out of here. But I'm just saying there's a lot of people that need to be renewed in their minds pretty quickly. Because the way I hear com- so many Christians so-called complaining and how they're you know, giving yourself pity parties and stuff like that. It's like, do you guys realize that this world is not the real, this life is not the real jewel. This is just to get us to where the ultimate, the ultimate 
is. And so I I feel like I'm kind of rambling now, but I, I have to kind of like gather my thoughts and I'm going to come back. 